Thank you for listening to the Heartland College Sports Podcast Bedlam Edition. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, rate, review, and let us know how we're doing. Any improvements we can make will certainly come from you, the listener, as we work to make this the most original podcast centered around both Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Now, enjoy. From the studios of 97.1 The Sports Animal on the 55th floor of Cityplex Towers in Tulsa, Oklahoma, welcome to the Heartland College Sports Podcast Bedlam Edition. I am your host, Eric G. If you don't know who I am, I work for 97.1 The Sports Animal. Uh, Obviously, that is in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I am the co-host of the Pat Jones Show. We are on from 11 to 2 weekdays. And if you don't live in green country, there are a couple of ways you can listen to us. You can always log online to our website, sportsanimalradio.com, or you can download our app for your smartphone, which is actually the way that I end up listening to a lot of the shows. And if you missed anything, much like this show, we do podcasts. I always say, don't listen for me. Even if you like me, listen for Pat Jones, because not only does Coach have better stories than anybody else in the business, but nobody is as opinionated and as accurate as Coach Jones is He's a blast to work with, and he's even more fun to listen to, so check that out. Now, coming up on today's show, we've got a lot of ground to cover here in 20 minutes, and in fact, I'm going back to my rock days, my days at the Cat and my days at the Buzzard, because we're going to play some album cuts from Brent Venables. Uh, The dude does not believe in brevity, and if you had any chance to watch his almost hour-long press conference yesterday, which is out there online, and we've cut it into pieces Um, here at Heartland College Sports and on our Sports Animal Facebook page, I picked out the two best cuts I could possibly get, and they're long, but it's important that you listen to both of those. One of them will be about Dylan Gabriel. The other, he will tell us a story from his days at OU as an assistant and Clemson as an assistant. I'll explain why those are important. Um, We'll also talk about Brent Venables taking a page out of Nick Saban's book as OU gets ready to go into the SEC. We'll give you an update on Baker Mayfield's status with the Cleveland Browns. We'll talk about OSU's first day of practice. And I'll tell you what is the biggest reason that that Oklahoma State defense is going to miss Malcolm Rodriguez this year. And it's not something that they can't correct or not something that is fatal, but it will definitely be a big loss. So with all that out of the way, let's jump into it right now. Brent Venables deserves a standing ovation for his press conference yesterday and really for the attitude that he is bringing into this Oklahoma football program because he is running the most transparent, open OU football program since probably the days of John Blake. And if not John Blake, you may have to go all the way back to Barry Switzer when media members were allowed to not only come out and watch practice, but during practice they could have conversations with coaches Locker rooms were open. They could go visit and talk to a player anytime they wanted. They didn't have to go through uh, an SID to get any content they needed for the stories that they were going to write or video that they were going to show on television and for talk radio, any audio that they were going to play. But since the late era of the Bob Stoops regime, that has been closed off to the public and you closed it off to the public because you closed it off to the media. And while Brent Venables isn't exactly swinging the doors wide open to allow us, meaning you or me, to watch practice what he is doing that is a whole lot different than what Lincoln Riley and Bob Stoops were doing, 
is instead of giving you only 15 minutes to watch practice, he's giving you 30 minutes. So instead of just stretching and you getting to shoot a little bit of what we call B-roll, you're also getting to watch guys go through drills. And there is video out there online right now today of OU going through drills from this morning's practice. So you can see Dylan Gabriel. You can see how guys were looking in their respective player groups. And, um, I mean, the biggest thing you're going to learn is that Britt Venables is still pretty limber and that Dylan Gabriel throws a pretty smooth ball coming out of that left hand. But even though it is not as open as NBA teams or even NFL teams would do, the reason that this is important is because he is building a relationship. And by he, I mean Brent Venables, is building a relationship with the media. Why that is important to you? Because the media is the liaison between the program and the fan. And if you want information, really good information, firsthand, not secondhand, relying on a coach to tell it to a reporter and then you go subscribe to it at some website or not hearing it from a coach's mouth during a scrum, this is the best way to get it. The other thing that it's doing, and this is real important, is Brent Venables is building a relationship with the media. And this is tactical, okay? In case something were to get funky and go sideways this year, well, now you've got the media on your side. And if we've been out there and we've been able to see practice and we've been able to tell you what's going on and we've been able to develop an opinion on how a certain player has looked during drills and if we're ever able or you know able or allowed to watch team or watch scrimmages or whatever we can give you a little bit more insight instead of throwing coach or coaches under the bus well we can say well hey you know we had seen OU practice that this week and you know this guy player X just didn't execute and that's always good for Brent Venables not saying it'll go sideways but any cachet you can build up is extremely important, especially for a first-year coach. And what you hope is that nothing happens along the way to Brent Venables to make him want to shut this down. The other thing about Brent Venables is he is showing a vulnerable side of himself. He is honest, almost to a fault, and you have to absolutely love that. Monday, he told a couple of stories from his days at Clemson and his days at OU as far as players getting suspended from games and what he thought about it and how he's learned and grown from that. And here that is right now. So enjoy all three and a half minutes. It can be very discouraging sometimes. Even, so you're not you know, vulnerable or uh, susceptible uh, or any less susceptible than anybody else. You know? And so through all that, it kind of sharpens you up and equips you, you know, and then again, I've had amazing people be great examples. So I've just had tried to be, have, you know, very aware of, of people that um, have been in leadership positions around me in day to day and lots of big decisions, you know, like, like Bob Stoops that day. Like, so I recruited Rhett Bomar. And so that goes down right on the first day coming back, had no idea that Rhett Bomar is no longer going to be here. And Paul Thompson's a quarterback and, and, I, and he's moved from receiver to be our quarterback. It's 2006, right? And I was like, whoa, you know, it's three years recruiting this guy. So I'm getting a young linebacker coach. I'm like, hold on. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, can't we just suspend him a couple games? <laughs> like, and you know which games I was thinking, like, those games, like, 
we're in charge. And for me, so like, like, like I'm taking you back to this place because I didn't have the answers. I wasn't equipped then. And, um, but Bob, you know, he's like, no, you know, I gave him, you know, and I'm not trying to rake, uh, you know, Rhett back in under the coals, but you know, I gave him three opportunities. He, he was dishonest. You know, I gave him some grace and he was still dishonest. And I got a, you know, this team, you know, Bob's had a career of doing what's right. And what a great example that was for me at that young time. I'm like, oh, man, I'm like, oh, man, I'm kind of like I said, I don't wear those rose colors. I'm like, we'll be fine. I don't think like that. I'm like, ready, like timber, you know. Yeah. yeah. And uh, now, I mean, um, and then I went to, to, to Clemson my first year at Clemson. So we're going to open up with Auburn. Our first game was we're going to play in Atlanta, where I guess Clemson at the time thought we can't beat anybody in Atlanta. There's some curse in Atlanta, like Clemson can't win in Atlanta. I was like, God, why does everybody say that? Like, it, that doesn't have to be true. But everybody thought it was true. So all spring I got baptized because we they had New Copkins and they had Sammy Watkins and they had uh, Jerome Brown and they had uh, Andre Ellington and they had uh, – uh, Adam Humphreys and all these guys are like really good NFL players, and uh, they I just got baptized all spring, and so we're getting ready to go into fall camp, and we're going to suspend Sammy Watkins, and and I'm like whoa, I'm like we're playing, we're opening up with Auburn, so here I am again, same spot, and so I'm raising my hand, I'm like because <laughs> it the the it was he, nothing, he didn't get arrested or anything else, but he got caught in a in a, in a bad situation where he happened to be there and I'm like we're gonna suspend this guy for that and I'm like come on how about can, how about the next week you know we we're playing ball state or somebody you know and uh but coach stuck with his guns and it was just another affirmation for me is like you know I'm trying to help this guy not only did we sent him once we like sent him for like three games and so for me it was just like and we won anyway we won 26 to 19 and uh we didn't need Sammy and uh, so just a lesson for me. I've, I've, I've got countless examples uh, like that. You know, I'm telling you, I was on the wrong side of it. It's easy when you're sitting over there as an assistant. You're like, you know. Uh, but uh, anyway, I've had a lot of examples, been scarred up, lots of experiences. And so we'll see. And there'll be other opportunities. Like, I'm not going to be perfect. You know, I can tell you right now, um, there's no perfect person in this program. And uh, we're, we're, you know, there's going to be some mistakes made. And, uh, again, hopefully – I'll respond the right way, you know, uh, when those things happen. Cause, but th- that'll happen, too. You know, I'll be on the wrong side. I'm like, dang it. They didn't do that right. Whatever. Maybe it's just coming out of a meeting and, I, and I, the tone of the meeting wasn't good. Or maybe it's responding on the field to a mistake or I wish I would have handled it, you know, better. And uh, I've had that happen my whole career. My wife reminds me all okay, the time. Okay, how many coaches are going to tell you straight up the only reason they wanted a player to be able – to participate in a game is because they knew they needed them to win. And if you I, and if you were going to suspend them, suspend them against guys that you knew you were going to beat. Going back to that 2006, going going back that far with Red Bomar at OU. OU were, was going to play that year UAB and Middle Tennessee Middle Tennessee State in their non-con. Now also in their non-con, they had games with Washington and Oregon out of the Pac-12. Brent Venables was honest in telling you that he wanted Rhett Bomar out of that Middle Tennessee UAB game because he knew OU was going to win those. They didn't need Brent Venables. And we say this all the time on our show. Pat Jones never strays away from this. 
Your first and only job as a college football coach is to win football games. Everything after that is secondary. And as much as you want to talk about building up young men for the future and about how this is more than just football, and Britt Minables did talk about a lot of that in his press conference, if you don't win, you can't do any of that other stuff. So at some point along the way, every coach, every college coach has compromised their morals, maybe not to a devastating extent, like allowing Joe Mixon to stay on campus, because we know that that really bothers Bob Stoops. But maybe you allowed a guy to get away with something that you wouldn't allow others to get away with. And at some point, it probably made you feel a little guilty. But when you're talking about putting food on the table, living in nice houses, being like Sam Pittman of Arkansas, having a nice lake house so you can put hog statues, or like Lincoln Riley, you know, with his sprawling mansion out there and Los Angeles, California. Well, you think about all that. You think twice when you know that that guy is going to hurt you. And give it up to Dabo Sweeney for suspending Sammy Watkins for not one game, but several games. And I guess he needs to be thankful enough that Clemson was able to win without him. Now, we were talking about Dylan Gabriel earlier and how he looked throwing the ball Dylan Gabriel, I mean, he's got a nice natural release. I mean, the ball seems to come out of his hand fairly quick. Uh, He doesn't have a long release, and even though we only got to see just a few minutes of practice, he doesn't cock his arm all the way back. It hits about to his ear, and that guy can fire it right out of his hand. So at least from that standpoint, that limited standpoint that we have seen, OU is going to be in really good shape. And I do think it's kind of cool being a left-hander that we're seeing another left-hand, we're seeing our first left-handed starting quarterback since Josh Heupel. But the big thing with Dylan Gabriel is his leadership qualities, and Brent Venables talked about that on Monday as well. Okay, great question. Obviously, um, I wish I could see him throw. Uh, I haven't been able to do that. Um, I've seen video like probably everybody else. I'm, I'm like, so when we were in the recruiting process, uh, and it really didn't take much recruiting, it was already kind of a uh, you know, when we asked him, he was ready to come with just a, a few questions to be answered, but um, he's a leader. Um, he's a worker. He's very ambitious. Um, he's um, self-driven, uh, very humble, uh, incredibly confident, uh, you know, great self-awareness, understands um, where he needs to uh, get better, and that's just through conversation. Uh, but guys follow him. You know, the best of the best make others around them better. And he's intentionally done that through relationships and through work. Um, and uh, But he's a good athlete, uh, got good quickness, uh, very, very competitive, ultra competitive, and just got a, a, a great sense of humility to him that is fun to deal with. You know, our job's hard enough as it is. If I was a jerk up here, you all still have to cover Oklahoma but it wouldn't be as fun for y'all, and it certainly wouldn't be fun for me if y'all, if I was dealing with a jerk either. And same thing when you're coaching, it's no different. You you can become disinterested in coaching somebody that doesn't want to be coached. You know, that happens over time too. That makes coaching no fun when there's not buy-in, when there's not guys that um, want to be held accountable, things of that nature. But man, he's um, he's a pro uh, in every way. Uh, just he knows he's got to be the example as as um, you know one of the leaders in this program as 
potential face of a, of a program like Oklahoma being the quarterback at Oklahoma is a big deal, man. It's a big deal, and he knows it, and he values it, and he respects it. And uh, so he just works every hard, uh, hard every day. When I, if I, if I was just kind of, this is kind of who he is. He just works hard every day. Not he doesn't want to let anybody down, and he's betting on himself. Um, and so he's fearless. He's got a go for broke mindset, go for broke attitude. And um, I'm really excited to see him, you know, go to work. Now he and Jeff Levy are going to be a, a really good match. If you're an OU fan. You, you're a little nervous because there's not much depth behind him and you know he needs to be healthy in order for OU to succeed this year. But the biggest thing is is you don't have the learning curve for him. He, he doesn't have to learn all the terminology. This is stuff that he is familiar with. So in a, in a sense, it's plug and play. The other thing, if he is as good a teammate as, you know, as Brent Venables was saying right there, then he's not going to have any problem taking any of the other quarterbacks behind him, putting him under his wing and helping them succeed as well and making that learning process for them speed up so when it is time for them to play, they can just jump right in and attack it. Uh, The other thing we learned uh, for practice, and I thought this was kind of cool, is that uh, apparently the coaches like Thin Lizzy and ACDC, so they're mixing that up with the music that they're playing the players. I I had to throw that in for... Really no particular reason. Other big news for OU, uh, Matt Wells being hired as an analyst. Now, one thing that we got to keep our eye on with Brent Venables, because I've always said the best way to succeed in life, in business, in life, wherever you are, and especially in football, is be yourself. Because all too often, when somebody succeeds at doing something, you think you have to copy it exactly the way they did it in order to get the exact same results. Well, that's not true. The way that you succeed in running a football program is have a set of principles, have a set of beliefs, and then hiring the right people to execute those principles and beliefs. All that being said, is you, it doesn't mean you can't take a page out of someone's book. And Nick Saban is a great guy to take a page out of. That's why you go and you get Matt Wells, former Texas Tech coach. You hire him as an analyst. That way, when and if Jeff Levy gets the opportunity to leave and go for another OC job or possibly a head coaching job, you go get Matt Wells. You plug him in. You allow him to be the offensive coordinator, which is exactly what Nick Saban has done at Alabama. Whether it was Bill O'Brien, whether it was Steve Sarkeesian, whether it was Lane Kiffin, Mike Loxley, all those guys started off as analysts before they got the opportunity to go be to, to go be uh, OCs and then eventually head coaches or defensive coordinators and eventually head coaches. The other thing that, that OU is doing is they're hiring way more support staff. Joe John Finley, the um, tight ends coach, said you've got about 30 to 40-something people in a meeting. And he said that, you know, that way we know what kids are going through. We've got more eyes on the kids there. So if there's something wrong, they're having a bad day, we can find out what the bad day is. It's not necessarily me as the position coach that has to talk to them or the head coach that has to talk to them. You can always go get somebody else that maybe be able to pull them aside. So huge. As OU gets ready to go into the SEC, the more like, not that you want to necessarily copy everything that Alabama does, because I don't want to go back and contradict myself here, but the more like them you could be, the more built you are to handle not just the rigors and the week-in, week-out physicality that it is, but just the commitment that all these schools make 
the better you're going to have an opportunity to succeed. And I have no doubt, I mean, at least in the early going, Brenton Venables is off to one hell of a start. Real quick, Baker Mayfield, the update on him is he's still stuck in Cleveland. You know by now Deshaun Watson is going to play. Um, had a chance to talk with uh, Peter Smith, who runs Brown Digest or Brown's Digest for Sports Illustrated today. He claims that there is a market for Baker May- Mayfield, despite the fact that there's pretty much only about three teams left that could use starting quarterbacks. It's the Seattle Seahawks, the Carolina Panthers, the Detroit Lions. We said last week, we stand by this statement, we're all on board for Baker Mayfield becoming a member of the, uh, not the Detroit Lions, but the Seattle Seahawks. That being said, don't sleep on Detroit. And if Baker Mayfield, the, the, the thing that always ingratiated him to Cleveland fans was that he took on their mentality, that persona of the underdog, of the, the team that was always beaten down. Well, he could do that for Detroit as well. And I like the fit. For him in Detroit, as far as that goes, but Detroit is also an unstable organization. About as unstable, if not more unstable, than Cleveland. That's why, again, if you want Baker Mayfield to succeed, you want him to go to Seattle. You don't want him to go to Carolina Panthers or the Panthers, where it looks like Matt Rule has one year before he may be let go. You don't want him to go to the Lions, where they tend to overturn coaches as quick as the Browns. You want him to play for the Seattle Seahawks. And if that can happen, then Baker Mayfield's got a chance to have a pretty darn good career in the NFL, or at least resurrect his career in the NFL. Coming up next, what is the biggest loss that we'll see from Malcolm Rodriguez at Oklahoma State? We'll get to that here on the Heartland College Sports Podcast, Bedlam Edition. Oh, and uh, by the way, college basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year, with DraftKings Sportsbook, where you can turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers right now, using our promo code HCS, can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. And here's the thing. If Sportsbook is not available in your state yet, you can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long, for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Yeah, you heard that right. Simply join a pool and answer questions like who will make the next round and who will hit the most three-pointers and then track your results. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use our promo code HCS. That's HCS for Heartland College Sports. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with our promo code HCS this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. A great way to help grow this show. 21-plus restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Oklahoma State started spring practice on Tuesday as well. Tylen Wallace showed up. Uh, I'm sure at some point Mike Gundy had to ask him if he had any eligibility left. But the good thing is, is OSU is not short on playmakers. Between the Shetron brothers from Evan Santa Fe, who are going to be there this year, uh, the Presley brothers, who will be there this year, uh, Spencer Sanders, I mean, come on. Oklahoma State's got big playability. What I'm interested to see with Oklahoma State, though, this year, um, and this is why we'll always praise Mike Gundy. You know, everybody wonders why I'm such a big Mike Gundy fan, is I always felt like the best coaches coach to their players' ability, and that's what Mike Gundy did this year. He coached to his players' ability grinded it out on offense, let the defense win the games when the offense couldn't put the points on the board. 
Will they open it back up this year? And I think it comes down to one simple thing to see if OSU will open it back up, and that is how quickly that offensive line comes together. If the offensive line comes together and you see them work as a unit in, in, in the first three non-conference games and it looks like they're clicking, I could see Casey Dunn opening that offense up a little bit more, taking the reins off um, Spencer Sanders, maybe working in a few more RPOs uh, where he throws the ball. Again, you got enough playmakers to put points on the board, but if that offensive line is shaky, look for Oklahoma State to stay conservative, and that's not a bad way to win football games because the bottom line is, is you have to win. Okay, Whether you're winning 24-21 or 49-35, you still need to win. And I think Mike Gundy wants some sort of balance in there. I don't think he wants to be a team that just brings it to a halt, but I also don't think that he wants to go back to just you know, throwing all over the place and not having any defense. That's why there's always going to be extra scholarships for defensive linemen. And speaking of the defense, you lose linebacker Malcolm Rodriguez this year, okay? And 225 tackles, 26 of those for losses, nine sacks, that's tough to replace. But forget the stats because the stats don't matter here. The thing about Malcolm Rodriguez and losing him that is so scary is there wasn't anybody on that team who loved to seek out contact more than Malcolm Rodriguez did. Malcolm Rodriguez loved to hit people. He would go find the ball, and he would want to punish you. And that spread throughout that Oklahoma State defense. Now, you have to think that a lot of that was probably instilled by Jim Knowles. And and for Derek Mason, if you're worried about him, don't, don't forget Mike Gundy told him not to change anything about the defense. No terminology, no approach, no anything else because he didn't want these kids starting over again. What you have to hope is with guys like Colin Oliver, with Trace Ford, with the other guys on this defense, is that Oklahoma State, so not only does a great job of getting off blocks and making tackles, but they still seek out that contact. And if you can just have a little bit of what Malcolm Rodriguez had had, Throughout your season, throughout your career, you're going to be one hell of a defensive football player. It's all about hitting. And so much of today's college football, we just don't see the violence in the defense the way that we did. However, when you turn on the NFL on Sundays, you know people can play like that. That's why Malcolm Rodriguez has a chance to make it in the NFL because he's a violent football player. Undersized, yes, but the guy's fast and the guy likes to hit. So whether he's playing safety or getting an opportunity to play linebacker, but most importantly, he's probably going to play a lot of special teams, he'll succeed. And as long as that mentality is still there with Oklahoma State, this defense is going to be lights out again. That wraps up this week's edition of the Heartland Sports College Podcast Bedlam Edition. I'm Eric G. saying may God bless you and your family. As the great Jackie Moon always says, everybody love everybody. And to quote Tom Petty, the waiting is the hardest part.